Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Well, in checking elsewhere around North Dakota, Devil's Lake remains fair to good for a nice walleye bite. It seems some anglers are switching to spinners and bottom bouncers, but the tried-and-true technique has still been working 15 to 17 feet using slip bobbers. The best bait seems to be leeches and try-to-work flooded timber. Also, anglers are finding some nice white bass activity. Pipestem and Jamestown Reservoirs are kicking out some walleye and crappie, and over on Spiritwood Lake, the bass have been more active. Lake Ashtabula remains strong for a mix of species, critters like perch, walleye, and bass, but now an occasional bluegill is showing up as well. Out west, there's still lots of recreational boating activity around Bismarck Mandan, and reports from the Missouri River itself are somewhat limited. Up on the Missouri River tail race, though, a catfish and walleye bite continues from both boats and shore. Overall, it's fair. Tried the spillway channel for walleye, but anglers will still want to sort through their catches for their keepers. Also look for a little success from the wing walls and try shore fishing at night for walleye around the rocks and tail race boat ramp, the usual dark hours activity. Above Garrison Dam, try 8 to 18 feet for walleye on the east end of Lake Sakakwea, working inside weed lines using jigs and minnows. Also try trolling with slow death hooks or lindy rigs and night crawlers in deeper water. There you might want to work Seven Sisters or Douglas and Stanky Bays. In addition, there's been some improving success along the south shore on the east end. Try Fisherman's Point or Scorio Bay in Sakakawea State Park from shore for walleye. Be sure to look for some warm water if you're in the boat. Activity remains fair to good around Indian Hills, Deepwater Bay, and west up into the Van Hook Arm. Try 16 to 22 feet in the arm with the best bite coming on night crawlers or leeches. Also try light tackle with spinner blades along the bottom or pitching jigs in the shallows. Look for some walleye activity from shore as well in the arm, but the best success remains towards the south end. And finally, there aren't many anglers working salmon yet, but those out are finding some early season success. That's back over on the east end of Sakakawea. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then. And not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Hey, 
Welcome back to the second half of this morning's Gone Outdoors. Kyle Agri and Scott Brewer of Brewer Agri Outdoors. And we're here on this Independence Day edition of Gone Outdoors Radio. And uh, glad to have you listening in. Glad to have you joining us for our hour-long show talking outdoors, talking hunting, talking fishing, and everything outdoors. Uh, we are extremely excited to welcome a new guest to our show this morning. A new guest to the show, but an old friend to both Scott and I. We want to welcome John Doctor, head coach of the Fargo South Bruins high school fishing team, part of the Lake Agassiz High School Fishing League. John, welcome to Gone Outdoors. Thanks, guys. It is a, it's an exciting time of the year, isn't it, John? When it comes to high school fishing, there's a lot going on. It is. Tuesday, we had our uh, makeup day from uh, a week ago when we had our first blow day in four years, and we scrambled to find boat captains, which I know is a struggle for some teams. I've been fortunate enough to arrange kids and have parents step up and everything like that. I got it figured out, and it's it's working for me right now, but I know there's some larger teams out there. I've got a total of 18 students at Fargo South this year which has been my highest number, but there's kids with some schools with pushing 40 kids and it makes a big difference on trying to find boat captains, which. Well, John, congratulations on first off, congratulations on uh, uh, postponing that event because it was really blowing. It was blowing 30, 40 miles an hour and it would not have been fun on the lake. But uh, last Tuesday when, when you do did hold it, it was absolutely perfect. It was around 70 degrees, light winds. It was a great night to be out on the water and the kids really enjoyed it. And that's really what it's all about is, is going out and enjoying, enjoying the time and uh, kind of being able to focus on learning and enjoying yourself at the same time. So uh, that worked out really well. So, your team has been growing every year. How long have you had your team? Is this the fourth year of it? Yep. I am one of the original coaches when the league started four years ago. And uh, I started out with a very enthusiastic student body that said, oh, we're going to have 20 plus kids. And we had eight the first year, which was so, a little disappointing. But my goal is to make those 20 and hopefully in the years to come, I'll get there. So, so John, one of the questions I get quite often is, when can kids join? I mean, this is a high school fishing league. Do they need to be in high school? What what grades do they need to be in uh, to be able to join one of these teams? We originally started ninth through 12th. And then after the first year, I believe, we adjusted it back down to 7th through 12th grade because of looking at the varsity sports that the kids can play in the state of North Dakota, they actually can be pulled up seventh all the way through 12th grade to play varsity. So we adjusted and we actually start seventh grade. You need to be in it or above and you can actually fish through your 12th grade year. I have two seniors this year that are fishing as their final season. So explain to the listeners, John, a little bit about how through growth in the league, the league has, it's developed two different divisions. I think that's an interesting concept. Well, we've grown in many ways. We've grown with, we started with originally, I believe, five schools between West Fargo and Fargo, and we're up to nine schools. That's one growth period. 
The other growth period is we've divided now. We've got an open class and we have a varsity class. So between those nine schools, each school can take three boats, up to three boats. So a total of 27 boats per outing at the varsity level. And those, the varsity level goes to Big Detroit as we were this past Tuesday. Uh, Lizzie Crystal coming up on the 12th of July and Pelican Lake uh, coming up on July 26th in Ottertail County. Uh, the open class is doing a lot of the repeat that we've done, but we added one more lake in there this year to change things up. And we've added in uh, Long Lake by Burgess. And other than that, they're doing Upper Middle, Cormorant, Big Floyd, Sally, and Long Lake, like I just mentioned. So the, the way I'm working in it as a coach is my kids that scored the highest points last year and the upper class are going to varsity. They've got the most experience, and those are the ones that I have fishing varsity with three boats. The other ones that are new to the league or have only fished a year or so uh, are fishing the open class. Out of my eight boats, I've got five going open class, and I've divided those between those five lakes throughout the four outings that we are doing. And then we have a championship for the varsity on Lida in Ottertail County. And we've got a championship where we're taking the rest of the open class, everybody from open class to go into Big Cormorant. And that's in August on the 2nd. Hey, John, what's, what's the phys- philosophical difference uh, for these student anglers between the open and the varsity division? The... Uh, Two different thoughts are varsity should be a little more competitive and should be a little more uh, higher higher skilled. And they're, they should be competing against even uh, students in that and not being going out and winning an open class every week. And they should still be learning with that, but there's hopefully they're more competitive anglers is what they're, we're looking for on the varsity level. And then the open class, those are the kids that are learning and uh, getting their feet wet, rods wet, you know, bait wet, and hopefully coming up. And I've got some that are, uh, will probably be moving up next year as I have a couple of teams back out and, or, you know, as they age out, we'll say. So they're, they're learning the ropes this year and coming along that way. So, you know, just in your description, John, it's not a lot different than really any of the other sports that students might participate in or, for that matter, other activities, right? Music, drama, any of those in that right. uh, the Open is more of your, your learning and development and the, the varsity is more of that competitive performance. So um, that yep. makes a whole lot of sense. What are some of the things that uh, your team and or the league needs uh, in order to continue to to provide this experience for those student anglers? The biggest need uh, coming around this year uh, with gas prices being up, we've had some boat captains back out because they just don't feel that they can afford to drive an, out, an hour out to the lakes, run a boat for three hours, and get back to Fargo-Moorhead area in a, you know, with gas prices the way they are. So boat captains are, have always been our biggest need across the board. Uh, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to find um, enough boat captains through 
through the school or parents and uncles or whatever. And it's worked out really well for myself, but I know there's other, other teams that struggle with that. Fantastic. Like I said, the larger ones. John, that, um, that's a really good point. And for those who are listening, who might be willing to, to help out, maybe they have a cabin with a, with a uh, boat there, or maybe they've got a boat in their driveway and they'd be willing to, to share that with some of these student anglers. Where can they go get information about the league? We've got our Facebook page, which is Lake Eggsy uh, High School Fishing. And Kyle, can you please help me out on the website? Yeah, you bet. Uh, the website is lakeagassefishing.org, and there's lots of really good information out there on that site. Yes, there is. And we've had a lot of communication with people through the Facebook page and stuff like that in the past, reaching out, how can I get my child involved? And as administrators, we're always looking for new students, keep, keep this keep the sport growing and uh it's one of those things that a kid might be a sixth grader and they uh want to know how they can get involved next year or you know when can they start so we've got uh, john doctor coach of the fargo south bruins high school fishing team in the lake agassiz high school fishing league John, thank you for all that you have done and continue to do for student angling. And thanks for taking a little time with us this morning. Thank you guys for uh, promoting the student angling also. Thank you. Don't go away, folks. We will be right back. We got to take a quick break, but we're not done. We'll be back with more Gone Outdoors in just a minute. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Until next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.